All right, okay, okay. What is up, everybody? It's LD Talks Facts right here. Gonna spit some facts, like always, of course. Hope you guys are doing good so far here today. This is my MLB, NL, and AL Rookie of the Year predictions. So a lot of baseball to talk about this week. You know, we got the Rookie of the Year predictions right now. We got the Manager of the Year predictions tomorrow morning. The Cy Young predictions Wednesday morning. And then, like, Thursday afternoon, I'll be doing my MVP predictions. That's the best for last right there, obviously. All right, so let's jump right into it. So Alec Baum... We'll start with the National League. So Alec Baum of the Philadelphia Phillies, 24-year-old, batted 338 this year. He uh, missed 16 games here. He played 44 in the 60 out of the 60 games of this season. A very short season, obviously. You know, I think he's definitely the favorite to win right here in the National League, in my opinion. That's with a great batting average. He had 338. You know, he had four home runs, 54 hits. His WAR was 0.7. He's definitely a bright future for the Philadelphia Phillies. He definitely is. He's going to be their franchise player in the future. You know, the Phillies, they have a lot of talent on their team. The one thing they have lacked, though, is pitching, in my opinion. I think a lot of people will agree. They have a lot of talent offensively, and Alec is definitely one of those guys. He's going to be the franchise player in the future. He's going to be. Because he's got a lot of potential. Like I said, if he if he were to play, like, say, the full 60 games this year, he probably could have been close to 400, maybe like 380, 390 probably. You know, that's just my opinion, but... He's definitely a favorite right here in this one. You know, most likely he will win. Most likely. Let's get to the other two, but he had a great rookie season. He'll be 25 next year. He's got a bright future ahead of him. You know, he was batting 340 the second last day of the season, but then, you know, he got he went 1-4 the next day and went 1-4 and then finished with a 338 batting average. Still great, though, even though it was a 60-game season. You know, still good. He played, 40, he played in 44 of those games. He was a good hitting machine right there for Philadelphia, and he's got a lot of potential in the future, and the Phillies have a lot of, you know, got a lot of young prospects coming up, and Alec, you know, like I said, he's going to be their franchise guy. You know, what might kill them from signing another big free agent was the Bryce Harper contract because they might not be able to re-sign JT Romuto at all. So, you know, eventually it hurts right here, and, you know, eventually this kid Alec, you know, if he is what he says he is right here, if he wins the Rookie of the Year, maybe if he wins, like, an MVP in the future – or if he's just a great player all around for the Phillies, he's going to definitely get a big contract eventually. Give it like a couple seasons. If he if he keeps this up right here, you know, if he lives up to the hype, he's going to get a big contract eventually. But we'll see what happens. But now we'll get to Drake. Oh, uh, Drake. Wow. Jake Cronworth of the San Diego Padres. Primarily a shortstop. Also plays a little bit of third and first as well. So he finished the regular season with a 285 batting average. Not that bad. He'll be 27 in uh, January of next year. So a 26-year-old rookie. You know, overall, I think he I think he did good, in my opinion. I think he did pretty good this season. He had four home runs as well. He had 20 RBIs around 420. Amazing. OPS of 831. You know, he didn't have that bad of a season, in my opinion. I think he had a good year, you know. An old rookie, to be honest, 26 years old. But, um, you know, I think he was really a person that wasn't really talked about as much for the Padres. You know, they mostly focused on Tatis and, you know, fucking when they got Clevenger and, you know, Machado. You know, he wasn't really talked about as much. I don't think he's a favorite to win in this when it comes down to Bomb and the next guy we'll talk about. You know, this guy right here, Cronworth, he looks a lot like Eric Kratz. Looks like it could be Eric Kratz's son right there when I'm looking at his picture right now. You know, we'll see what he turns out to be. He was actually drafted by the Rays in 2015 right there. 
you know, did the Rays lose out on him? You know, is, is this kid going to be something? Well, he's not really a kid. He's 26. He'll be 27. He's almost 30. But still, I think he's got a lot of – he's got um, – and see, yeah, he actually – you know, he actually played the whole infield this year. He played 10 games at first, 38 at second, so mostly second base this year he played because Tatis played short. He played one game at third, and he played 11 at short. So we know Tatis is primarily the shortstop, so he played – Mostly at second this year, Cronenworth playing 38 games right there at second base. You know, like I said, with a 60-game season, you know, some guys you probably wouldn't, you know. Um, I don't think this guy you would expect to have been, like, up there, in my opinion, for, like, rookie of the year. Like, if this was, like, a full season we're talking about, I don't think he probably would have been up there. Bomb probably would have been up there. and Probably the next guy we're going to talk about would have been up there. This guy probably not, but he could definitely surprise a lot of people. Do I think he's going to win? No, he'll get some votes, obviously, but I don't think he's going to win. All right, so now we'll get to the next guy right here, the last guy now for the NL Rookie of the Year finalist. Devin Williams of the Milwaukee Brewers, another 26-year-old rookie, and he'll be 27 next September. What a year this guy had. He was the National League Reliever of the Year. He had an ERA in 22 games. He was 4-1 with an ERA of 0.33. That is amazing right there. This kid, I keep calling him a kid. I call everybody that. I don't know why. <laughs> you know, he had a great season. He really did. Great fucking reliever. Great fucking reliever. Really was. He actually, did he have, even have any saves this year? Doesn't he? I don't think he even did. I don't think he had any saves, no. Let me see. I don't know. It's not showing if he had any saves. I don't believe that he did that. I guess he was just a regular reliever because we know that Hater's the closer, obviously. Let's see. No, he didn't have any saves. No, he was just an ordinary reliever right there. You know, and he won. He won the National League Reliever of the Year, Devin Williams. And let's see, in my opinion, though, if the Brewers were to somehow get rid of Hader, this guy would automatically be the closer. Because look at that, in 22 games, 4-1, and one, .33 ERA, in 27 innings, 53 strikeouts, a whip of .63. That's impressive right there. That's really good. He was drafted back in 2013, so then seven years later, he wins the reliever of the year in the National League, and he's a rookie of the year finalist. So look at that role right there that he's had. He actually did make his debut in August of last year, but now he got to play, quote-unquote, a full season this year for the Brewers. So, But he had a great year, though. He really did. He had an amazing year. Amazing year. So he's actually he's actually my pick to win National League Rookie of the Year. And the last time we saw a reliever win National League Rookie of the Year was Craig Kimbrell back in 2011. So it is pretty rare for a reliever in the National League to win Rookie of the Year, just in general as well. But I think he's going to do it. I think he's going to be the first guy since Craig Kimbrell to win National League Rookie of the Year and be a reliever. And look what Kimbrell's turned out to be. Kimbrell is one of the best relievers in the game, whether people want to admit or not. Maybe not right now, but he still is. You know, he had that great career out in Atlanta. And, you know, he had some good moments out in Boston, you know, with the Cubs. And then not as much, but still, he's still a dominant guy when you need him to be. So, <clears throat> my pick is Devin Williams to win the National League Rookie of the Year. He won the National League Reliever of the Year. That'd be some story right there. Like I said, he was drafted seven years ago, and imagine seven years later you win National League, um, National League Rookie of the Year and National League Reliever of the Year. 
That's some story right there. There'll be some story he'll be telling his grandkids in the future. And I hope he does win. He's my pick to win. All right, so now we'll go to the AL Rookie of the Year. So we'll start off with another pitcher. Christian Javier of the Houston Astros, 23-year-old. He'll be 24 in March. Okay, let's pull up his stats real quick. So let's see, so okay, in 2020, he pitched in 12 games at a 5-2 record, had a 3.48 ERA, pitched in 41, sorry, 54, 50, I don't know why I said 41, 54.1 <laughs> innings, had 54 strikeouts, had a whip of .99. Overall, and he had a good season, and the postseason, too, he pitched five games, was 2-0 and a 2.89 ERA, pitched nine innings at 13 strikeouts with a whip of 1.07. So he was mostly used out of the bullpen as a, he was used, he was used as the bullpen in the postseason, not as a starter. So, and he made his debut this year in July, on July 25th. Um, you know, the Astros, what they have lacked is pitching, obviously, because, you know, with Verlander out until most likely 2022 right now, because he's not going to pitch this season coming up in 2021. You know, you have Zach Rinke still, and, you know, like how they lost Cole, you know, they lost... They've lost Keiko over the years now with Cole, Keiko, Wade Miley, you know. I'm going to see what McCullers does next year. You know, Charlie Morton losing him. This kid, Javier, could definitely be the future right here of the Astros. He definitely is. Not a bad season. 12 games they started. It was 5-2. and You're right, 3.48. He'll only get better. I think he's got some good stuff, to be honest. He's not my pick to win. So, actually, no, he had 10 starts. Excuse me. He had, he had 10 starts this year. In 2020, came out of the bullpen twice. Okay, so he had 10 starts this season. He's got a lot of potential. He's young. He'll be 24 next season. He'll get his first crack at a full season right there. You give the guy a chance. I think he's got a lot of good stuff, and I think he'll be good. You know, will he be the ace of the Astros in the future? He definitely can be. He definitely can be, of course. He's got a lot of potential, this kid. I know I say that with a lot of people, but it's true right here, especially when, you, when you're up there for a Rookie of the Year candidate. you got a lot of potential. It already shows you have a lot of of potential and this kid Javier does you know started in 10 games you know came out of the bullpen twice you know he's going to be a starter most of his career he was used out of the bullpen in the postseason so you know we'll see how he does though I think he's going to be good though for the Astros and like I said they've lacked a lot of pitching now they've lacked a lot of starting pitching you know like I said with you know only Grinky right now and Verlander gone and the rest that have left you know it's on this kid Javier's shoulders right now we know Grinky's getting older How's he going to pitch next season? We don't know. Javier's most going to have to carry the load next season. you got to let this kid pitch. You know, we know Dusty Baker is still going to be the manager next year for the Astros. you got to let this kid pitch. And we know, like, Dusty Baker's had a problem with leaving guys in too long sometimes. Like, you know, with Kerry Wood and Mark Pryor have talked about that. Mark Pryor was damaged after that. And Kerry Wood was still a good pitcher after Dusty Baker was not the Cubs manager anymore. You know, it is what it is. But <clears throat> let this kid Javier pitch. You know, I like what I've seen from him. I think he's going to be good. I think he'll be good. I think the Astros, you know, even though a lot of people still hate the Astros, for what they did, the past, the past, you know, move the fuck on. But I think he's going to be good. In my opinion, he'll be good. Okay, all right, next guy to talk about, Kyle Lewis of the Seattle Mariners. So he's 25. He'll be 26 in July of next year. Let's take a look at his stats. So he batted 262 this year. So, in 57 games, and he played 
all those games in center field, so he only missed, he only missed three games this year. The first round pick in 2016, 11th overall. So he batted 262 this year, had 11 home runs, 25 sorry, 28 RBIs, had five stolen bases, an OPS of 801. He actually made his debut last year in uh, September, on September 10th, and uh, so he got to play you know again, quote unquote, full season this year. And he had a pretty good year, and he played all his games in center field. We know he's primarily a center fielder. You know, he kind of did slump a little bit towards the end of the season. Sort of the next guy we're going to talk about, the last guy we're going to talk about. Um, and I know my friend, King MGJ, he's got, best friend, excuse me. <laughs> King MGJ, he's got Kyle Lewis in his lineup. And MLB The Show 20, I think it's like, was overall, it's a 92. And yeah, he's pretty good with that card, to be honest. Like, this kid, Kyle Lewis right here, pretty good ball player. You know, the Mariners, you know... Here's the thing. Here's the thing with the Mariners. The Mariners are very smart in a way. You could say, how are they smart? They haven't been to the playoffs. You know, going into next year, it'll be 20 years since they even have made the playoffs. Here's why they're smart, though. Here's why they're smart. They've gotten rid of a lot of old guys right now. They trade away Robbie Cano. You know, and look how the Mets have to deal with Robinson Cano's contract the rest of the way the next couple years. And... The only way the Mets are saved by Robinson Cano's contract is if they keep the universal DH. So Cano can DH. You don't have to worry about him playing the field. That's fine. There you go. Maybe a couple games you'll you'll see Cano at second. But if they keep the universal DH, then it'll be primarily DH for the Mets. You know, they got rid of Edwin Diaz because after Diaz left, Diaz became shit for the Mets. So maybe the Mariners saw something. Especially getting rid of James Paxton as well. And Paxton had a dominant 2018 season with the Mariners. Threw a no-hitter. For the Yankees, injury-prone. They obviously saw something. Edwin Encarnacion. He was leading the league in home runs. And they traded they traded Encarnacion to the Yankees. And Encarnacion was injury-prone with the Yankees. They saw something, the Mariners. They didn't bring back King Felix. Because obviously they knew he was older. You know, Not the same pitcher he used to be. So they got rid of him as well. They've definitely been seeing a lot of these older guys right here. Fall apart. Well, Diaz is not an old guy, but still, he's still young. But they've gotten rid of people when they've, like, probably saw something in these guys. Look how they've all fallen apart. You know, Cano had a bounce back year for the Mets in 2020, mostly because he played DH. So he had a bounce back year. Diaz was still shit. Paxton was shit for the Yankees. He got hurt in August, and that was it. Um, who's the other guy? Encarnacion. Not a bad year for the White Sox, but he's older, obviously, so... They, they've gotten rid of a lot of these guys right here, and most of them have turned out to be shit. Instead of, like, you could say, Encarnacion Cano had bounced back years, but Diaz and Paxton were still bad. So, they've obviously seen something. Kyle Lewis right here is a young kid, 25 years old, be 26 next year. You know, he had a great season right here, batting 262. But I don't think he's going to win, though. I don't think he's going to win AL Rookie of the Year. It would be nice. I wouldn't mind it, to be honest, but I think it's going to be this next guy right here. And this is one of my favorite players right now, Luis Robot. A 23-year-old. He'll be 24 next year. He actually has the same birthday as Alec Baum, which is pretty cool. So, and Robert's stats are, you know, obviously down right here. They're in a little bit worse than Kyle Lewis. Like, his batting average was 233. Like, Robert was going off starting the season, but then he did fall apart a lot in September. Like, he wasn't hitting the ball. I think he, I think he batted, like, 11 for 81. In September, so he did fall off. He did have that big home run against the Athletics in the wild card series, a monster shot. So he just had a slump right there, and he did make his debut on the 24th of July this year. So he batted 233 at 11 home runs, 31 RBIs, nine stolen bases, won the gold glove in center field for the American League. So 
this kid right here, the White Sox, you know, they're going to be a very dangerous team, the White Sox. They're going to be one of the most dangerous teams in the MLB. And here's why, though. They have a lot of these young guys right here, like Robert and like Tim Anderson. And they still have Abreu and still have Moncada. You still have Grandol. You know, a lot of those guys are getting older, obviously, but still. And you have another young guy in Eloy Jimenez. So they have a young team right here, the White Sox. And the rotation is pretty good, you know, with Giolito, you know, with Keiko. And if they keep Gio Gonzalez, you know, their rotation is... It is where it is. It's okay. Giolito's obviously the ace. Their bullpen is okay as well. But with Tony LaRusso right here, like I said, he is going to turn the White Sox around. They should have beaten the Athletics. Like, in all seriousness, they should have beaten the Athletics in the wild card series. They should not have lost that right there. The White Sox should have won. They wasted Giolito's performance from Game 1. He dominated in Game 1, and the White Sox won that game, and they lost the next two. And then that was it. They should have really beaten Oakland. Because Oakland had no shot against Houston. They had a chance, but they wound up losing. They wound up losing in four, which I was pretty shocked about, but come on. The White Sox really should have won that series. If Tony, if Tony La Russa was in the dugout for the White Sox against Oakland, they would have won. Because he's going to turn this team around. You could say, oh, but he doesn't, get, he doesn't really get along with this young generation of players. He doesn't like the way they play. He's going to adapt to it. He knows what he's getting into. Or else he wouldn't have taken the job. Or else he would not have taken the job or the White Sox wouldn't have called him. If he he would have if he wasn't gonna adapt, he would have said, you know what, no, I'm not gonna take the job. I don't like the way these players play the game now. I don't like the way they dress, you know, that's what people have said. I just wanna stay retired. But no, he obviously sees something right here. He's like, you know what, he's going to adapt right here. I'm sure that he's going to. He was saying he's gonna get into fights with people. I'm like well, look how fucking Lou Pinella got in the fights with people, with the Reds. And the Reds, didn't they wind up winning a couple times in the World Championships right there? So, you know, sometimes you gotta, sometimes you know, managers and players have to argue. Look at Billy Martin and Reggie Jackson. I mean, come on. It just, it is what it is. It happens. It happens all the time. Look at, like, Jim Leland and Barry Bonds argued that one time in spring training when... Bonds was with the Pirates, and Leland was the manager of the Pirates, and they were fine after that, because Leland apologized to Bonds, I remember Bonds said, like, you don't have, he's like, you don't have to apologize to me, you know, sometimes some players need to get it through their heads, it is what it is, it's like, kind of like how Jonathan Palpon, you know, was a, you know, pitcher for the Nationals at one point, and Bryce Harper got into a fight, you know, maybe Palpon, who, Palpon was a prick, but maybe he was trying to get into Bryce Harper's head, because Bryce Harper's also a prick, trying to just, like, set him straight, it just happens. But nobody needs to be set straight on the White Sox. Like, nothing like that at all. I'm not saying like that at all. You know, Tim Harrison's a fun player to watch. Luis Roberts a fun player to watch. Eloy Jimenez. You know, Grandol. Giolito. All these guys are fun to watch. You know, I don't think there's going to be any problems. People could say, oh, you're crazy if you think there's, gonna, if there's not going to be any problems in the White Sox organization. There's not going to be. Everything's going to be fine. But with Robert right here, he is going to be some special talent. I'm going to say it right now. Because he is my pick to win AL Rookie of the Year. He is going to win an MVP in the future. Give it like four or five years, this kid's going to win an MVP. He's going to. Because he is such a fun player to watch. He's one of my favorite players to watch. He's going to win. He's going to win an MVP one of these days. He's definitely going to. I love watching him play. He's a great fucking ball player. He is a great fucking ball player. I love this kid. I really do. Like, I know I talk about a lot of people having potential. This kid is going to be a superstar. He is going to be elite. 
I think they signed him to a big extension before he even debuted. So they obviously know what they're getting themselves into. They know what they're getting at right here with Luis Robert. He's going to be a special talent. He's proven that. He won the gold glove in center field in his first year right here. And he's going to win the AL Rookie of the Year tonight. So my pick for the National Rookie of the Year is going to be reliever Devin Williams from the Milwaukee Brewers. And the American League is going to be center fielder from the Chicago White Sox, my guy, Luis Robert. So those are my predictions right there. I know Robert's stats are obviously down when you talk about the comparisons right here. You know, with the other two guys. Well, obviously, Christian Javier is a pitcher, but obviously his stats are down to Kyle Lewis right there because Kyle Lewis batted 262 and Robert batted 233. Uh, that is true, though. That is true. So it's going to be tight between Lewis and Robert. Those are going to be the top two. Just like in the National League, it's going to be Bob and Williams. It's going to come down to those two guys. So, you know, you could take Cronworth and you could take Javier like out of the pitcher. Those guys will finish third. But we'll see what happens, though. I'm fully confident that Devin Williams is going to win the National League Rookie of the Year. You know, because he won National League Reliever of the Year. And the last time we saw that, you know, where Reliever won Rookie of the, rookie of the Year and the National League was Craig, uh, was Craig Kimbrell in 2011. And Luis Robert right here. I think the last time we saw, like, you know, Rookie of the Year for the White Sox, I think maybe could have been Frank Thomas, probably. Let me actually take a look at that real quick. Let's take a look. I'm almost sure. Actually, no, no, it wasn't Frank Thomas. No, no, no. I know who it was. I know who it was now. It was Jose Abreu back in 2014. So, just got it right there. So Robert's going in with some company right there. And we know Jose Abreu is an MVP candidate. We'll talk about that later on Thursday. You know, man, that, that one's going to be the hardest one. That one's the hardest one for me right there. I thought this one was going to be the hardest one for me. But no, the MVP one, that's going to be the hardest. Because I already know my manager of the year predictions. I already know I'm fully confident who I'm going to pick. Like, I don't need to even think about it. Same with the Cy Young as well. I don't even think about that as well. I already know who I'm going to pick on Wednesday. But the MVP on Thursday, that's going to be hard. And I'm going to be watching on Thursday night. It's That one's hard. That one is extremely hard. Some people say, oh, it's obvious for the National League with bets. But no, that one's, you know, it's a little bit hard. Especially in the American League, but still. This one I thought was going to be hard, but no, not really. <clears throat> but all right, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode right here. I will talk to you guys tomorrow morning with my AL and NL Manager of the Year predictions. Um, like I said, you know, a lot of baseball I'll talk about this week. You know, we'll still be talking about wrestling, you know, Monday Night Raw, Dynamite, and SmackDown, obviously. But mostly it's going to be about baseball. And in my Week 10 predictions for the 2020 season with football, but mostly it is going to be about baseball this week. It's going to be interesting. We'll see what happens, though. But for the National League Rookie of the Year, I'm going with Devin Williams, reliever of the Milwaukee Brewers. And for the AL Rookie of the Year, I'm going with center fielder and Chicago White Sox, my guy, Luis Robert. All right, guys, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. hope you guys enjoy your day today. It's a very beautiful day out here here in the Bronx right now. All right, I'll talk to you guys tomorrow morning. Talk to you then.